0: Hey ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 34 of the Genesis Gems podcast. I am one of the co-hosts Nick Stevens and with me this time just one person. Who's with me? Is that Aaron? Hey man what's up? What's up Aaron? How you doing? (laughs) Hey
1: doing pretty good. How about you?
0: (laughs) Not too bad. We've had some crazy crazy uh, scheduling conflicts with this one. I for one (laughs) have a funny story. uh, So I've, I've been training for a half marathon. I think I showed you guys some of the pictures but uh Been training for a half marathon, Um, so Friday, the half marathon is actually on a Sunday. So Friday I was going to go out for a real real light jog and uh, I ran into two really angry dogs. And uh, one of them got me pretty good. (laughs) I got bit like crazy on one of my legs. I had uh, two stitches and I had to cancel my half marathon, which also put me out for about three or four days. So uh, that kind of was one of the reasons why we canceled so many shows, but uh, yeah, that was crazy. Um. You know, that, that stinks, man. And yeah. I
1: bet you like named those dogs. Where they named Michael Kelso and Justin. Yeah, <laughs> two dudes in a nest.
0: Two dudes in a dog. <laughs> oh, maybe some I, I had already paid eighty dollars to actually be in this half marathon. Yeah, I was ready. I had some new gear and all this junk. And ah. Here I go. I actually bought a uh, little bottle of pepper spray. I'm gonna start carrying with me after that. Which is just you the, never know. Ah.
1: Oh, that's horrible. I'm not, You know what? I don't think I've ever been bitten by a dog. I've been bitten by a snake. Oh gosh! Never a dog. <laughs> I
0: think a snake. Yeah. Was, what kind of snake was it?
1: Uh, well, when I was a kid, I didn't know what kind of snake it was. So when the doctor asked me, I just said, "Well, all it had was a head and a tail." <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer.
0: Gosh, that's scary. more scary than a dog. Well, and see, there's actually two dogs there, and the um, the bigger dog was a Saint Bernard, and I've seen that dog on that little trail I run a few times. And It never messes with me, so it's barking at me as usual. And all of a sudden, this mutt it looked like a mix of like a pit bull and something else just comes flying so i stopped and i just thought you know i better turn around and go the other way so i turned around and as soon as i did that thing lashed right on my back so but the whole time i'm trying to fend off the saint bernard he never bit me but he was jumping at me because i knew if that thing got me down i was gone but it, was, it was a pretty little scary moment i finally yeah. i finally kicked the one dog in the face and uh, ran away sorry animal rights activist that had to happen. But, uh, <laughs> no, it did because there was no way you were going
1: to get out of that situation no. without some sort of altercation. Not I at mean, all. I'm I'm just thinking of like Paperboy. At least he had like papers to throw at the dogs yeah. coming after him. But I mean, you were just on foot. You didn't have anything with you. I mean, I guess you could have thrown your phone at
0: him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, for the most part, I have a very clean. I, I don't curse a lot. We'll say that, but the first. First thing out of my mouth, was like the worst words you could possibly think of. And I said it three or four times as I was running away from the talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, the anyway.
1: first words you can think of. Nintendo!
0: Nintendo. T- t- <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's nice that I can laugh about it, though. I'm I'm healing up. Stitches are out. I'm scarred over. The scabs are itching real bad. If anyone really needed to know that. But uh, yeah, I got all that going on. <laughs> but Aaron, uh, how, how have you been? My crazy... Man, uh, I-
1: no, I haven't had any crazy experiences like that. I know how. Oh, shoot, we uh, we kind of missed Halloween here. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't get to take my kids trick or treating. I, I, uh, my uh, ex wife got to take them out this time. But uh, you know what? I did have a a good past couple weeks. Uh, I went up to Irving, actually, Irving, Texas, and uh, it was for work. So I, I went up there for a week, and it just so happened that. Uh, one of the fans of Genesis Gems actually lives in Irving, and I I met up with him. His name is Jesse, or uh, on our group, he's uh, Cleva the Great. Yeah. And uh, he's actually left uh, a really nice iTunes review for us, and he's a really cool guy. He's also, uh, he's like a part-time music producer. He's got his own music studio. Sweet. Uh, so, you know, awesome dude. Uh, what happened was I met up with him and, uh, this place called, uh, I forgot it was like movie time or something. It was, it was a movie trading company, which is basically like a, uh, shop you'd go into that that has like all sorts of like used video games, new stuff. They also have all sorts of, uh, movies and, and, uh, comic book stuff and just about everything nerdy. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we we just talked for a bit, and what was funny was he came up because he was uh, he was going to surprise me and give me something, and I actually turned around and surprised him and gave him something, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Because uh, talking to him over uh, instant message, I would found out that Jesse didn't own a Sega Genesis, and I thought this was a crime. It sad <laughs> because he has a Retron 5. He has a Retron 5, so he can play Sega Genesis games. But he does not have a Sega Genesis, so... I just so happened to have an extra uh, Model 1 Sega, and so I gave him that, and also a copy of Sonic 2, which he did not have. Awesome. Yeah, so... Oh, cool. And he uh, he gave me a copy of Tin Head, which I'd never played before, so that was really cool. I don't know if you ever even heard of that game. Have you heard of Tin Head?
0: No, but I saw the picture of it, so... I, I I heard of it now because I went and looked the, looked at it but. <laughs> I looked it up <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: it's, uh, maybe we'll cover it sometime uh, it, it's it's a interesting game I'll say that it's not a not a bad game uh so you know if you ever get a chance check that game out but man besides that not too much else I guess uh there's a few Sega Genesis tunes floating out there over <laughs> on SoundCloud that I've uh, contributed to kind of uh, collaborated with some of my uh, I'll call call them Sega Genesis Buddies. Yeah. So, you know, they they make uh, music in this program called VGMM, which allows you to create Sega Genesis tunes that can be played on a real Sega Genesis. And uh, some really awesome, talented dudes uh, like my buddy Dread and uh, Dropbit and uh, MB Tech. So if you look over on my SoundCloud, there's a, a few tunes I posted up there. Really good really good tracks that uh, I got to take part in.
0: Yeah. And uh, Aaron's SoundCloud link is on our uh, website. If you go to the host section and we'll also drop it on the show notes for this. Definitely want you all to check that out. It's good stuff. I love, love the Sonic boom. Uh, the, the, I love oh that. yeah. The, the relay bro. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. relay thing, the the guile and then the Sonic three. That was sweet.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
0: I actually played that for uh, a little band I'm in. I'll, I'll let them check that out. They really dug that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's so cool.
1: And uh, I was going to say, bes- besides that, uh, Retro Obscura, that's right. So the other podcast I'm on, more uh, self-plugging, I guess, more... <laughs> uh so i'm on retro obscura and we just did a halloween episode we actually got it in on time unlike on uh genesis gems <laughs> unfortunately not not trying to rub it in but uh we we did manage to find time to record and uh kind of borrowed the the skit idea and uh that was a lot of fun so if you want to check out the latest retro obscura it's spooky <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're we're slacking a little bit here with our Halloween episode, but hey, we're getting it out. I think someone actually made a comment on our Facebook page said, oh, is that Easter episode actually coming out?" I'm like, "Oh, that's bad." I think it was, <laughs> oh, I think it was actually Kyle Murphy. So.
1: <laughs> that's all right. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. <laughs> we'll let it slide this time. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, if you would like to connect with us, uh, please check us out at Genesis Gems www com we're selling t-shirts on there. We have articles from Nick DeMarco, his store links on there, some real cool stuff on there, so go check it out. Um, check us out on Facebook, our Facebook group at facebook.com slash podcast uh, Actually, that's our Facebook page. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash Wow, I am really rusty. I usually fly right through this. And usually nail it, but not this time. Anyways, and if you'd like to email us, check us out at Genesis Podcast at gmail dot com. We are on Twitter at Gen Gems, and we are on iTunes and Stitchers, and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at the Retro Junkies dot com. All right. Well, <laughs> that was uh, brutal. I'm telling you, I, n- I need to like record that and just hit play because usually <laughs> I can probably just copy and paste it from another show because I, I I usually nail that, but. Yeah, that's bad. All right, man. Well, with that, we will go to the next segment of the show called Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. And uh, I really don't have too much here. Uh, Something really cool. uh, I mentioned a few shows prior. Uh, Josh sold me his uh, Sega Genesis Model 1, so I have that in my game room. And I actually moved my Model Two up in the little family room area, and uh, my kids lately, man, we've been playing the heck out of Street Fighter Two, the Championship Edition. And uh, I, it, it cracks me up. I put a video of my three-year-old son playing. He loves playing as Zangief, and both of those guys, uh, well, both of my kids love him because he's on Wreck-It Ralph. Oh and yeah, he, my he, kids are the same way. Yeah, he's, he's in like that. That bad. They have like a bad guys, AA meeting or something. <laughs> it's like Zangief, not bad. <laughs> But, not bad guy not bad guy yeah that's what yeah. it was <laughs> but they love him but uh, it, as far as that goes it actually got me kind of between that and um, the news of Street Fighter 5 coming out I started to kind of go back and play more Street Fighter games I actually downloaded Street Fighter Alpha the first one which I I, I didn't actually get into those games too much back then because I was kind of anytime I saw a 2D game come out when all the other 3D games are, I, I kind of backed away from that it's one of, the, one of the big reasons why I missed uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night till later on in my life, which is the, what? is the craziest thing. I didn't play that game till like, the PS2 came out. So, big mistake in my life. But, like, I was real into Tekken and and uh, what was the other one? Battle Arena, Toshiden, those kind of games. Oh, yeah, that and, one came oh, out right around that time. And, yeah, it's awful. And
1: where did that series go? I mean, yeah. does anyone even talk about it anymore? No. Yeah, exactly. It so, was pretty much like Street Fighter meets Virtual Fighter.
0: yeah. And I, of course, I I love Tekken. Those those games are all right, but man, I I really miss down these Street Fighter Alpha games. I I downloaded the first one. I I dabbled a little bit in the second one. And those games are just solid. The graphics are great. The it's real fluid. It's not like super crazy fast, but it's it's enough to kind of you can kind of pick it up and play it real easily with just the combos and uh, the super moves. Of course, are awesome. It's kind of like doing two rotations for the Hadouken and, and hit the button or whatever, but really enjoying that game. I actually bought a, a Vita, PlayStation Vita here recently and uh, downloaded it on that and I've been playing the junk out of it. So,
1: How, how do you feel about the, the Vita? Like I tried playing a fighting game on there and my hands just cramp up <laughs> so bad.
0: I actually haven't experienced too much of that. Uh, it, my hands were cramping 10 times worse on like the 3DS. Yeah. And I, I've honestly haven't played my 3DS since I bought the Vita. I've kind of it's kind of sad. It's kind of just got pushed away on my shelf, but I'm loving. I got the original uh, LCD uh, screen Vita, I think. Oh, good, yeah. yeah. The,
1: or the, I guess it's the uh, the oh. original ones. The uh, is it the OLED? LED? Yeah, yeah. OLED. Yeah,
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I and I put it like a little outer shell case on it, to kind of keep it nice when I drop it. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's pretty thick. I really like the way it feels. Now I hate. The only thing I don't like about it is the, uh, back touch things. Like I'm all, I'm constantly accidentally hitting those things. Cause like, I absolutely hate them. Yeah. I I'm,
1: wish there was just a way I could turn them into triggers because there's literally like one, maybe two games that use it. I think yeah. like one of them's uncharted and maybe gravity. Uh, gravity rush. Gravity rush. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now you have to use those whenever you play, uh, like I've been using it for remote play on my PS4. Like, they, yeah, that's true. They act as like L2 and R2 and then the, uh, like the analog clicks, I guess it's L3 and R3, but um, the the I don't know. For, for the most part, it's pretty awesome. I kind of wish if they ever do another handheld system, they would just do the two triggers and then actually let you click down on the uh, joysticks. But I really don't think they're probably going to put out another handheld. There. I
1: think the Dreamcast Two will come out before <laughs> the successor to the,
0: <laughs> the Vita comes out. Uh, I, I was to be honest. Of, and I was kind of waiting on the Vita to die before I bought one because I I knew. And I also wanted to get one before they shut down any of the PSN stuff on it, because being able to get trophies like on the go has been amazing. I love that. I've been like just my trophy rating has went up like significantly, significantly since I bought the Vita. But I've I've been having a blast with it. But yeah, Street Fighter. And then uh, the other thing I mentioned, I kind of put my 3DS on the shelf, but I did play one game. I I rebought Shinobi on 3DS. Which is a pretty good game. It's um, definitely kind of a reimagining of it, of Shinobi. A lot more swordplay, uh, but you can check it out for like $10 on Amazon, brand new. Um, it's got kind of the cel-shaded type graphics, comic, kind of comic book style. And uh, there's some cool stuff on it. There. There's like a horseback riding scene where you're, uh, you are you got to dodge trees coming out real fast and hit guys coming up next to you. So Like Shinobi 3 style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's real... I thought the graphics were pretty good, but... um. Definitely something. If for ten dollars, it's a really solid game. So check that out if you guys, uh, you know, are in a mood for something new, Shinobi wise. Yeah, I really... People say Sega doesn't put out good games anymore. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I think that was. You even... just have to know where to look. Yeah, and I think that Shinobi was actually close to the launch uh, of 3ds. It was an earlier game, and because I remember buying it when I first got my 3ds, and I, I started playing something else, and I kind of just put it, pushed it off the side and ended up selling it. But I bought it again, and I'm kind of glad I did. But
1: I remember, like, the first reimagining of Shinobi on the PS2. Yeah. And I think my favorite thing about that game was the wall running. But I (laughs) really can't remember too much else about the game.
0: That and uh, I think my favorite part about it was this, like, little red scarf that was flying around everywhere. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that was really cool.
1: (laughs) Other than that, I I don't have too many memories of, of that version of the game. And I don't think I've, you know, I haven't played the 3DS version. I've got a 3DS, but I have not played that version yet.
0: Yeah, so if you're on Amazon and you're you're wanting to waste ten dollars, that's a that's a good uh place to put your ten dollars. You never awesome. know. Ten dollars yeah. may go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, how $10, about you dollars.
1: Ten dollars could buy you some pepper spray.
0: Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's like eight eight dollars I think it was free free Amazon Prime shipping. Awesome. Has like a little uh little carrying thing you put on your hands and <laughs> I, I told i I told my wife, I said, uh Next dog that even comes close to me, and it's we have leash laws here in West Virginia, I'm sure everyone else does too. But if, if they're off their property and in my way, they're just gonna get sprayed. I'm gonna have to test that thing out, anyways.
1: <laughs> what did these poor dogs ever do to you? Oh, wait, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. So one of my buddies asked me, how, how does it feel to be a dog's chew toy? I'm like, Oh, you jerk. <laughs>
1: Like, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, you were going to ask me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were going to ask me uh, about uh, my Sega snippets. Uh, Yeah, so first thing I want to mention was, I I guess the most Sega I've been doing lately is playing Phantasy Star 2, which Mm. I I realize we really haven't covered. There's two things we haven't covered much on this show yet, and (laughs) that's shoot 'em ups and RPGs. And hopefully we'll be able to rectify that soon. Ah, uh, spoiler alert. But, uh, yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Fantasy Star 2, and, man, I, I'm really enjoying that game. The only thing I'm not enjoying so much are the dungeons. The dungeons <laughs> are really annoying in that game. But uh, come to find out, there's actually a fan translation of the game that's out now uh, of the PS2 version of the game, which was kind of a remake reimagining well, with, like, slightly updated graphics and... Um, more expanded story that sort of thing and you can go grab that I think it's from PS Cave which stands for Fantasy Star Cave you can go over there you can grab it it's already patched you can download the game and uh, check it out it's a lot of fun so I definitely recommend that the other thing uh, worth mentioning is that I have a Commodore 64 and what I find that my favorite way to play that uh, computer is to use a Sega Genesis controller oh. to play it with. And, and it's just because I like to feel of the Sega Genesis controller and the arcade stick. The problem is with the Commodore 64, there's a, a concern that the Genesis controller can overload the computer. And so I looked online to find some sort of solution to kind of fix that problem because I really you know I really like playing games with, with those controllers. So it turns out there's a website called 64 hddcom and they sell something. This guy out of Australia makes something called the 64 JPx, which uh, you plug right into the Commodore 64 controller port. And what it does is it lets you use a Sega Genesis controller. Uh, He even sells ones that let you use like a Nintendo uh, NES and SNES controller, but who who wants that? No, no one cares. (laughs) It's all about the Genesis controller. I'm just kidding. Which is the cheapest version, which is great. So you know what you get is a little. uh, And I finally got mine, but uh, you you get like a little nine pin adapter. But what's really cool is that uh, the thing thing is programmed that when you hold the start button and press A or B or C, you get different modes. And so if you've ever played a Commodore 64 and try to play certain games that like Castlevania, for example, you try and play that game and it's really frustrating because it's not like the NES version or or something like that, where you have multiple buttons, you know, a button to jump and a button to fire. You've only got one button. Okay. (laughs) And, up jumps. So, like Ugh. almost every game, I- unless the only thing you're doing in the game is jumping, you got to use up to jump, which is frustrating. Um, and, and so, what's really cool about this device is that you can actually map it to where A is your primary fire and then B is uh, mapped to the same thing that up is mapped to. So, it'll actually act as your jump button.
0: Yeah, that's not, that sounds almost necessary, really. Driving yeah. Hits.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like well, modern convenience and all that. It's it's <laughs> fantastic. So, you know, I, I, if you happen to have a Commodore 64, I know we're a Genesis show, <laughs> but if you happen to have an old computer lying around, it it, uh, it just works. It's great. I haven't tested it out on other old microcomputer systems, but uh, I've heard that it works on the Amiga. I'd imagine other systems that use a nine pin uh or yeah din adapter which is what it's called Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i guess that's about it for my sega snippets
0: nice and uh we would ask josh and uh josh and rob but they're not here so we're not going to all right (laughs) well yeah what a bunch (laughs) of (laughs) hosers all right well we we definitely had a chance to post a nice picture out on our facebook group uh, of aaron I, i did a different picture this time if you noticed did you notice that
1: Yeah, that's not the best picture of me, but uh, I'll take it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we did. We did that. And just so we could go to this next segment called Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay.
1: He will answer them if he
0: wants. So Aaron, did you pick out some good questions for this? Yeah, you know what? I'm just
1: gonna grab uh, a few that kind of caught my eye. There were a whole bunch, but uh, <laughs> a, lot, you know, a lot of good questions here. I love it. Yeah, so I'll just try and find the ones that that I uh, that I liked. I'm trying to remember here because, you know what? I, I'm looking at
0: it now, and for I, some
1: reason the comments disappeared on me.
0: Did a, I love the question Rob McCallum asked you. I don't know if you got a chance yeah, to. Yeah,
1: so it. Rob Bob McCallum from Nintendo Quest. Uh, what was his question here? Okay, finally it's loading. Let me see. I'll pull it up here. <laughs> All right, so what aspect of video games, genre, era, niche does Aaron know the least about, and what steps will we take to eradicate <laughs> his lack of knowledge in said area? Uh, you know what? To be honest, I've never been very good at shooters, shoot 'em up games and probably strategy games, like we're talking like hmm, real-time strategy games. Yeah. So those are like the two genres that just I not that I don't like them, it's just I gravitate towards other things. And so like with shooters, I get frustrated when like I die on the first level or I have a you know, I can't master the game like I master <laughs> other stuff. And so I've noticed like with the like the Sega Genesis has a vast variety of shoot 'em ups. And I only know like a, a handful of like the really more popular ones. And the same goes for like arcade shooters. You know, I've been to an arcade where they had all sorts of shoot 'em ups that you could play. Uh over in Chicago, it's Galloping Ghost Arcade. And what I found was I was like, I you know, I have no idea what makes this game better than this one. You know, (laughs) and that's frustrating, you know, other than like, oh, Treasure made this, you know, it's got to be good. Or Konami made this, you know, like the the heavy hitters, like the the more obscure stuff. I would like to get into more of that and to figure out what's good. Like when I was growing up, you know, if if it was something good, uh, I just lucked out sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. like having Robo Alesti on Sega CD. You know, it wasn't that I picked that game. It was just that it happened to be in a bargain bin full of Sega CD titles Uh, so you know sometimes you luck out you find something you like as far as real-time strategy games there's only a handful on like the Sega Genesis you've got like Dune 2 and Herzog's Y which are two great games don't get me wrong Uh, but yeah I think like the the Command and Conquer, and especially like the MOBA games now which are kind of the uh, the descendants of that style yeah it's so hard for me to get into those games or even to follow them. And I, I know some people are just so hardcore into that stuff and they know everything there is to know. And and for me, it's, it's totally my blind spot. Like I have no idea what's going on. I know there's like two teams going after each other and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but there's just so many inter- intricacies and stuff that like, I don't even care to know about. <laughs> <laughs> i felt
0: you know i remember the first time i got starcraft i was a big diablo fan so um, someone bought me starcraft and I, I played through the campaign i'm like ah, it's not so bad i'm pretty good at this and i decided i was gonna play online uh-huh and i'm sitting here oh, i'll build these guys up do this and all of a sudden <laughs> here comes the other guy zergs just wiping me out like how what? i just started panicking i said never again Never again. Am I Never all these- again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was yeah. just, it was disheartening because I usually held my own pretty well on online games. I, I do okay at first person shooters and some other things, some some PvP stuff. But I, I just I couldn't I couldn't even breathe on that game. How do they building this stuff so fast? <laughs>
1: yeah, I, you know what? For me, it's like uh, I had Command and Conquer and I think Warcraft two on my Sega Saturn, and for some reason, like I would always hit a wall. I'd get a few missions into the game. I'd start to pick up and learn the game. And then it would just be like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just building stuff to build stuff. And and now I'm dead.
0: <laughs> and always, like, it's not even turn-based strategy games. I have a hard time. I'll, yeah. play, I'll play it for a few hours, and then I'm like, eh, I don't want to play this anymore. I, d- I, did, well, that. I did that. Sometimes I need a story to, yeah. to keep me going. like, Shining Force helps. Yeah, Shining Force is... is well, like, like, those Koei strategy games can oh, be quite a slog if you're yeah, not really yeah. into it. Like, even Fire Emblem. I know people love that game, and it was okay. I played it a little bit, but good grief. I just, I could not... I, I, I guess so they're frustrated, at that, and especially the latest Fire Emblem, where your people permanently die. Uh, yeah,
1: I think that's been a staple for most okay, of the series. Okay, Yeah.
0: Well, that, that just... It, it, Thanks, Thanks, Nintendo. Yeah, it put me on edge. And every time one of my guys would die, I literally would shut my game off and turn it back. And that's not how you should play those yeah, games. Yeah, it's but- like
1: when you play a game and you, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a tense situation because you're like, I really don't want this person to die. I might need yeah. them later. <laughs> it's like, who can die? Who's going to be the red shirt of my team? <laughs> you know? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let me move on to another you know, question here. Quick question. Clever to great. He asked, what is the meaning of life? And I just told him 42, because that's the best answer I have. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: did, did, did he uh, like it? Did he at least click yeah, like on that? he, he okay, did. He good. did like my, my well, I'm, answer. I'm glad we could lead, uh, you know, direct Cleveland the right direction. <laughs> 42. <The laughs> okay,
1: so... Uh, Benjamin Murphy asked, there are lots of really good homebrew games being made for Atari consoles... Why aren't more people making homebrew games for the 16-bit era of consoles? And I'm not a programmer, but I do know that people have uh, studied... The, the Okay, so the Atari 2600, take that for example. It's been around longer than the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. So people have been able to program for this thing much longer than they have for the Sega Genesis, and homebrew developers have had access to tools uh, and, and things that they've been able to reverse engineer longer than they have on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. And let's just let's just be honest. It, it's um, maybe it's not the greatest example because the Atari Twenty Six Hundred I have heard is hard to program for, but it's more simplistic. And there's now a lot more homebrew games on there because someone's developed a a, uh, a coding system called Batari Basic, and so people can kind of pump out these uh, pretty simple games that uh, y- there's just nothing out there for the Sega Genesis. And so what you end up with a lot on the Sega Genesis is people doing ROM hacks of Sonic 1. There's a lot of people doing that because you kind of... Gravitate towards games, you know. Uh, I there are probably maybe a dozen homebrew titles on the Sega Genesis, including Crazy Bust for some reason, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is not even a game, guys. Let's get that out <laughs> of the way. It's it's the worst thing on the Sega Genesis, but it's not even really a game. It's it's a tech demo. Uh, yeah, but to answer your question fully. I I do wish there were more homebrew games. And I think as time goes on, as the uh, barrier of entry is, is lower and people develop tools that make it easier, I mean, I, I think it's just more complex and things that you have to, to code for. Uh, I think the other thing is, um, I don't know, we, with the Sega Genesis, some people have been able to do it. There, there's just... I think there's more variables. Uh I wish I had a better answer. I <laughs> n- now there's things like the EverDrive out. Uh on the Atari you had the Harmony cart, which made it really easy for people to pump out homebrews and you can play it on a real system. Yeah. Now you've got the EverDrive on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. So, you know, you I think as time goes on you'll have more of that going on, which is which is my hope. Uh, so let me jump down to I'll just do one more question here. So We can end on a good, happy note here. (laughs) Paul Stevenson, which is co-host of Retro Obscura, uh, he says, when and why was the change from the grid box to the red label of the Sega Genesis games? Uh, So he's, he's talking about North America specifically because over in Japan and Europe, it's a little bit different. Like Europe has... Black boxes, of course, but they, they switched to blue labels. Anyways, sometime in 1993, I kind of looked through the games coming out around then. Sometime in 1993, Sega decided to switch to the, the red labels, kind of that slanted, striped thing going on. Yeah. And I don't really know the answer to that question. I, what I do know is that Sega, during the Master System era, they pumped out some really horrible box art. And they, you know, everything was kind of uniform, though. Everything was on a grid. Uh, And then they switched to the Sega Genesis, and everything was on, like, a black grid. But when they had uh, third-party developers making games, they weren't really told that they had to stick to that. So they would make their own box art and their own variants and their own layouts. And then um, at some point, Sega decided, you know what, we're going to have it be the same for everybody. And I guess just to have less, I would say, con- consumer confusion maybe, because you had things like the the Game Gear and the, the Sega CD. You had so many Sega things <laughs> out there in the wild that it helped to kind of color code things. And so eventually you had the, well, at least in North America, you had the red for Genesis, right? And then you had the blue for Sega CD. And then you had purple for Game Gear. And so you know by color coding things, it kind of made it simpler to know because by 1993, there were so many things out there on the shelves that it's kind of nice to know just at a glance what you're picking up and buying, especially if it's parents buying it. They have no idea half the time. And I'm sure you've experienced this, Nick, where you were a kid and somebody got you a game for the wrong system because you (laughs) asked for something... And they just picked up the first thing that said that name. Or it's like when someone, you know, it's, it's like your spouse or something says, oh, well, go to the store and get me this. And it's like you, you come home with the wrong thing. And it's that's not what I wanted at all. And it's because it, it looks the same. Yeah. So that's kind of a, the long and short of it. Why is Sega switched to the cardboard boxes and the crappy black and white manuals? Because they were cheap. <laughs> and they wanted to save money uh, ultimately paper is cheaper than uh the clam shells they were producing i guess
0: yeah i actually heard a podcast the other day kind of compliment Sega on, on the clam shells you know saying that the uh... And, and these guys are total Nintendo buffs, but they they, they, were, they were like, you know, we, they we have ha- to concede this point. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, I look at my shelf and I got just carts everywhere and there's little black sleeves and then, gosh, Super Nintendo didn't even try. It was like this tiny little dust cover. I, remember that little plastic thing, Super Nintendo? Oh, yeah, the little
1: plastic tab. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then, you know what? The Sega Genesis games always somehow got dirtier for some reason.
0: <laughs> you pro- you know, you're right, because I'll, I'll never forget I bought a handful of case games at a flea market. And dummy and me, I didn't look at them all. When I opened those things up, I swear there's like, oil on it. I had to scrub and scrub and scrub. And, like, all the uh, instruction manuals were all stuck together. I mean, it was, it was a mess. Like, but,
1: why did these cartridges turn tan?
0: Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, that's funny. <laughs> I actually, and, and you, you brought up something there that I'll I'll never forget. I tried to uh, use it to my advantage. Uh, one year for uh, Christmas or my birthday or something, one of my relatives bought me a... Uh, Second Genesis game, and I actually didn't have a Genesis at the time. And I try to use it as like blackmail to get my parents to buy this Genesis. I'm like, well, now that I have this game, I need the system that plays it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it didn't, didn't quite work out for me, but
1: uh <laughs> no, and that game sits on your shelf to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're still waiting for your parents to buy it for you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great! Hey, I, I do. Um, I, I was going to save this for the next time Rob's on the show, but I, uh, I, I just can't help myself. This, this is pretty good here. Oh, check this out. What do the Philadelphia Flyers and possums have in common? I don't know what. They uh, both play dead at home and get killed on the road. (laughs) Oh, sick bird. If you guys do not know, the Flyers are having a losing record right now. So uh, I hope you're listening, Rob. I just want to throw that out there. I'm going to try to bring a Flyers joke to every episode. Love you, buddy. Yeah, just to to give Rob a hard time. All right. I had that written down, and I've had it written down for a long time. It's it's just been a while. But uh, anyways, with that, we will go on to the next segment. Hey, uh, Aaron, game on.
1: Game on! Game on! Yeah, game
0: on! Up. Haunting, starring Poltergeist. I kept wanting to say the Haunting. Isn't there a movie called The Haunting? Isn't that the Yeah, name? I think okay. there's yeah something called The Haunting. Okay, I'm thinking of the one with like Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson, and about uh, the that mansion that's kind of taking over the. I don't know. It's- yeah, something, something, something like, like that.
1: that. <laughs> Some generic movie or something yes, called yes, The Haunting. Yes.
0: <laughs> but uh, this one was actually a... Uh, it's been a game that I believe uh, Luke walsgrove has been wanting us to play for like two years. Every time Halloween comes around, he wants us to play this. So I figured since he's been such a long-time listener, dedicated uh, you know, follower, that we would, we'd definitely do it for him. And I had actually never heard of this game. I've seen it on the shelves. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very prone to really look at the ea type games just because it's ea really did some cool stuff for sega i love the games they put out because it's just it, things that weren't on the super nintendo or other systems it's like they kind of had a little um niche there with sega so it was always something i saw but i never actually played and you said you actually had this game as a kid right
1: yeah i had this game as a kid and it was one of those ones where it was uh you know i went to the hollywood video in our neighborhood my my brother worked there and this is what I saw on the shelf, and you were right. EA put out some very unique titles, and this game pretty much looked like nothing else on the system uh, because there is nothing else on the system like it or on any other system at that time. It was a completely unique concept. And, you know, I flipped over the back of the box. and just like, I want to play this game. I want to see what <laughs> this is about because it promised all these, like, animations, and this game's going to, you know change your life and all this stuff you know the stuff that gets promised on the back of of video game boxes all the time
0: yeah and it was so funny because i what i tend to do with games i haven't played before for the show especially i try to just put the game in without anything else i don't i don't read anything i I just play it and one of the things i noticed about this game it kept reminding me of of another game i played and some of the kooky stuff, some of the zany characters, I kept thinking, this reminds me of Paperboy for some reason. I don't know why. And, uh, and I can tell you exactly <laughs> Exactly, why. Why. I do. I, you I, know now. Yeah, I finally, I, I got the instruction manual and I, I flipped open the first page and it's a, they have like an about the authors and some of the hilarious little profile pictures I've ever seen. But uh, two of the guys that uh, made this game both worked on Paperboy, which is just kind of crazy. I don't well, know. It was, I think and, three of the guys. The three of the guys, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the guys. Yes, yes, yes. Did
1: animation on a lot of uh, Atari games around that time. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that I just thought that was kind of interesting that I actually, I, I thought that, and I'm I'm really not making that up. <laughs> I was playing it like man, that re-, just some of the reactions when you scare the the uh, the people out of the house and the weather. I don't know. It was it was just really interesting to have that connection and then go back and read it. I'm like, oh, these guys actually worked on paper
1: no, it's very, very true because you see some of those animations in Paperboy and you see, like, uh, the the lady running out of the house uh, chasing you or the dog or, you know, just these little things and it's just, you know, these very uh, unique animations. And, yeah, it kind of transfers over to this game, too. And you've also got that three-quarter perspective. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I can see exactly why you would get that impression. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this uh, this game was published and developed by EA. It was released in 1993. The uh, composers actually this is interesting. Um, there's three guys on the credits. When I did some research, uh, Tony Berkeley, Michael Bartlow, and Don Vecca. These are three guys who actually worked on Road Rash as well. Yeah, Don
1: Vecca uh, did. Uh, he worked on Road Rash two, and I think he was the sole composer on three.
0: Yeah. So I I, I didn't hear any dying cat sounds, which you know. But, I did hear
1: a lot of fart noises. Yeah,
0: yeah, games. yeah. A lot of uh, ecto pickups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what I every... really nailed that fart noise. Oh, my, my kids love playing this game. It was so funny. And every time they would uh, pick up one of those, they would just start giggling. I got, you know, two little boys. <laughs> my poor wife doesn't know what in the world to do with herself. <laughs> you know, they, just, they just lose their mind when they hear a fart noise. <laughs>
1: this is one of those games, too, where you're very surprised that there was no sort of rating on this game at all. Because it maybe is because it, well, it came out in '93, and that's right when you started to see like the uh, the Sega ratings. Yeah. But uh, it's weird because it's actually a licensed Sega product, so it's it's strange to me that uh, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing. It's it's a very violent game, you know. It's it's very tongue tongue and cheek, uh, but it, it, you know, no one. As I've said before, no one dies. They just get really. Big boo boos, or <laughs> well, <laughs> they you know, just like- get scared out of their wits. But <laughs>
0: well, I, I, I remember the kid's head like exploding, and one of one, you know, my son asking, "How does head grow back?" You know?
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's very
0: cartoonish. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say that,
1: yeah. uh, and, or like the three three hundred sixty degree head spin. Yeah. Um, straight out of the Exorcist. <laughs>
0: Which I I was I was kind of pleasantly pleased that my kids they laughed every time something happened. I mean they just they didn't know what they were doing. They're just going around trying to scare the guys in the house, and every time the
1: first three or four times you play this game, you'll have (laughs) the same. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: you're not kidding. But it was kind of neat to actually let my kids play it and see what they thought. And they they kept wanting to play it, so that was kind of interesting. But yeah, um, and this game also uh, it's actually kind of a pricey game right now. The uh, average. Prices on the internet that right now go for like twenty-two dollars for the cart. And oh uh, wow! It has fifty-four dollars complete in box, and uh, I kind of got off lucky here. I bought, I bought it off Amazon because I couldn't really find a good deal on eBay. Uh, I had, I usually get Amazon when I can because I always, um, I have this thing through work. We have a uh, exercise program, and every time you exercise, it loads points up to this website, and then the points turn into Amazon points. Blah blah blah. blah. But um, I constantly have Amazon gift cards. And oh, I, nice. I I use one of those for this. I got it for uh, twenty nine ninety nine that included shipping, and it, it just it said it said it was uh, what did it say like fair condition or something, and uh, I got it in. I mean I got the complete set, the box, the, the manuals in fantastic shape. The cart barely looks like it's been used. So every now and then on Amazon you get lucky like that, and I was able to, to do that. Um, did you do you still have did you have your copy from when you were a kid? No, you
1: know? I sold it. No, so I. <laughs> I'm going off memories and playing an emulation. Sorry. Okay. okay. But I I can honestly say I did own it uh, at the turn of the century. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every now and then on Amazon, you get pleasantly surprised and every now and then you get completely burnt, but that doesn't happen too
1: much. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll get a poor condition game and it'll be signed by the creators or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I, 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 didn't see anything in here, but I love opening it up instruction manuals and like reading the old passwords. And really
1: cool about this instruction manual? This was back when EA actually credited the creators of the yeah, games, like yeah. right up front. And they were definitely more about the creators uh, of, of their games. And it's, it's really neat because you open up the instruction manual and you've got bios for four people who worked on the game, which is pretty much unheard of now it's like you open up an instruction manual now and it's like oh go to our website for the full <laughs> <laughs>
0: instruction manual and i never do i'm sure no one else does no <laughs> that's what i was very pleasantly surprised when i bought a shovel knight i got the physical copy for ps4 and it has like an actual thick instruction manual with stories and how to do things and it was really cool but yeah i, I kind of miss the I, I love getting instruction manuals i'll I, I read them cover to cover I think it's so cool to have those and the and the 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 character
1: bios are i mean the uh the bios of the people are great And, like you couldn't get four more different looking guys <laughs> yes. who worked on a game i I'm dead serious if you look at the instruction manual yeah these these guys uh definitely uh wide ranging group of guys yeah' I don't want
0: to describe it. <laughs> i, I did, some of the quotes are kind of funny. I think one of the guys said something like, uh, another punch kick game. I think I'm going to blow chow. <laughs> <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, and the first guy looks like a, a deranged version of like Getty Lee or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind
1: of like the face he's making, also yeah. kind of reminded me of, of uh, Ernest.
0: <laughs> like Ernest goes to jail. Exactly. Of, yeah.
1: yeah. Ernest scared stupid. That's kind of the vibe I got. Hope he's not listening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and I, and I thought I, I got the one guy's name mixed up. Uh, the last one, Keith Robertson. I thought, yeah. wait a minute, is that is that the same guy that did Normie? Like, oh no, no, not Robinson. Keith <laughs> Robinson. Yeah,
1: but these guys are definitely at least the first three: uh, John Solwitz, Dave uh, Rolston and Will Noble. They're all Atari. Uh, alumnus. So they, they they worked on stuff like Gauntlet and yeah. 720 and Super Sprint, Hard Driving, Stun Runner, Tubin, like all these classic, uh, games here. And you know what? This is great. I found a typo Rampats. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think that's supposed to be Rampart?
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, Rampat. That's Will, Will Nibbles, Rampats. Cause I think, uh, yeah, cause, uh, the second guy, Dave Ralston, he he did Rampart as well, Rampats. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's crazy because they, they also mentioned some game like I'd never heard of. They said there was a game that uh, so John and and Dave had worked on games together for years, and the first game they worked on for Atari was something called Aka R, which has like the most awkward title for it. Yeah, a game. and they said it it uh. I guess they, they tested it, and it failed.
0: Yeah, and, so It says, which flopped? <laughs> yeah,
1: totally flopped. And then you see the other the other games that made after that, and they were total hits. <laughs> Paperboy. Yeah, who's not heard of Paperboy? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And, and you can definitely tell by the list of the games here. I mean, I, I know skateboarding games are a, a big thing now, but 720, I mean, that's one of the really first real skateboarding games, right? I mean... The, yeah. The, the, no, the,
1: it's like the if not the yeah. first one I can think of. Yeah, one of the first skateboarding games. And a lot of these games were actually used that uh, that three-quarter perspective. Yeah. At least a handful. So uh, that's really neat. I mean, you get to 1993, and not a lot of people were, were using that perspective for anything other than maybe sports games and, uh, like, strategy, um, Jungle Strike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: other EA so, games
1: <laughs> the other EA games right Yeah. so the the perspective is unique in this game it almost reminds me of like a, a prototype version of the Sims did you get that vibe
0: yeah 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 <laughs> it definitely especially walking through the house and everything
1: yeah I get that yeah. vibe like you just want you almost want someone to take the Sims and uh, turn that into an updated version of this game
0: that, that would be pretty cool <laughs> that would be cool no, I, I definitely applaud these guys for doing things that weren't really the norm. Even the guy that worked on Hard Driving, which that game is just like driving a steak through my face, but uh, <laughs>
1: Well, I guess that's a spoiler if we ever do that
0: episode. <laughs> I just mean it's miserably hard, but you know, but yeah. it kind of <laughs> kind of points to that in the title. But um yeah, definitely, you know, Paperboy, complete classic, but that's it's just one of those games and nothing is like that. And you can kind of say that for this one as well. but... Yeah, but, oh yeah. Oh cool man. Um the story, the story is very interesting. Uh you know, in a nutshell, I don't Did you want to read from yeah, the Yeah, so I can read the manual.
1: It's it's pretty short and you get detail from the manual that you don't get in the game. And in the game you're kind of just you get like an intro text scroll. It's almost like the aftermath of what happens in the manual. Uh so you're this polter guy, dude. And uh so I'll go ahead and read it. It says Intro, Go Haunt a House. Dude, Death sucks. I had a lot of things I wanted to do, and becoming a ghost was not like like real high on the list. I mean, not having to go to school is excellent. But all these dungeons I have to hang around are uncool. They make study hall look like a rave. Uh so that's Bolter Guy. <laughs> and it says I didn't even have to do anything wrong to get this way. It's Vito, Sardini's fault. What a bloodsucker, dude. That dude doesn't even deserve to be called Dude. He's like an anti-dude. And I'm not the only one he screwed up. Him and his junked-out skateboards. Sardini set up an overseas skateboard factory. He was too cheap to hire qualified workers, so he set up a robotic assembly line. It's bad enough that robots know nothing about skating, but Sardini was too cheap to keep them oiled and he used the cheapest parts he could use in his boards. Squeaky machines with sore elbows, building high-velocity leisure devices from yesterday's trash. Dude, the best you can expect from that is major epidemic of concrete measles and a bumper crop of street (laughs) marachinos. The worst you can expect happened to me, and I wasn't the only one. So in case you didn't, figure out from what he said right there Uh, he got on one of those uh, skateboards that this dude uh, Vito Sardini his company built and he died (laughs) and the ending paragraph says and that's not all Sardini's lawyers use all kinds of tricks to hide his ownership of the skateboard factory he made a lot of money from skaters getting wasted but he never paid the price for it not until now dude
0: (laughs) I think I think part of that needs to be like recited on the two dudes podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> like you're not you're not a real dude. You're an anti dude. You're an anti dude, dude.
1: I, I, it also makes me think of uh good burger. Yeah. I should have read it in his voice. <laughs> like the
0: good burger. Home with the good burger. Yeah. <laughs> take your order.
1: <laughs> I'm a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that you know what that that was pretty much life in the. The early to (laughs) mid-90s. So, you know, very true to life. I think every teenager had a flat
0: top. And uh, they weren't quite
1: as green and spooky as this
0: dude, though. I I, kind of wrote down on my notes here. He had, like, a Paul Phoenix, Guile-type haircut. (laughs) 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 Yeah, No, you're right. I was just like,
1: who who had this haircut? I was also thinking, like, uh, Kid and Play. Yeah. House house Party guy. (laughs) Yeah, House Party. Exactly. It was
0: just like... Yeah,
1: no which, one has hair haircut. It's which, great,
0: and uh, it's not that it's really bad, but when you actually go to play the game, his head actually looks a little deformed. I couldn't; uh, it might have been the TV I was playing on, but it, I couldn't really make out that it was a flat top at first. His head just kind of looked kind of strange. And were
1: you confused that the in-game art and and the uh, the cover of the the game itself, he's just completely green, but when you start the game up, for some reason, his nose is kind of a peach-ish color.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was confused by
1: that. I was like, okay. Uh, then the rest of the game is just normal. So I don't know. I mean, like, the, the environments and everything in this game are actually very detailed, and every room is, is pretty much unique. Yeah. Uh, so so you, you start the game up. When you, when you start the game up proper, uh, you're basically tasked with scaring the Sardini family, uh, this... Uh, unassuming Italian-American family. (laughs) Very, very American, I'll add. As you play the game, you kind of figure that out. Uh, You're you're trying to scare them out of their houses. And I say houses because they... uh, I guess Vito has been very busy making lots of money off of people's misfortune, and he owns four houses. And so you have to scare them out of each one in succession, basically.
0: (laughs) I mean, you say Italian-Americans, and like i i love those names vito sardini or whatever that's just like wow that's <laughs> so not that's not G- hiding G- anything yeah he's got a cigar hanging out of his mouth all the time oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's like yeah he's not he's not a uh dirty businessman. stereotype no yeah.
1: no i was kind of thinking of like the uh the dursleys from harry potter or like <laughs> the the family from uh, matilda the kind of kind of the vibe i got from this family where it's just like they're the most unlikable family
0: ever yeah it's like they got every every one of the houses you go to they got all of the big stuff big tvs and guitars and all this real nice yeah stuff.
1: they're they're the neighbors down the street that everyone hates they got all <laughs> of the all of the all of the stuff <laughs> and like those those huge speakers and like the the, the giant CRTs that we all wanted and it, it almost reminds me of like when you'd see like that that ad in a video game magazine where it's like you could own 20,000 dollars worth of stuff and it's like <laughs> wall-to-wall speakers and like TV and just like the most overpriced junk you can imagine and that, that's what this house is pretty much like each time you think it's good
0: yeah what what gets me is like these guys are so they're just so it's like they've been haunted before you, you make something to get possessed and it comes at them and then ah, i'm scared well, i'll just kind of mosey along my, around my day
1: oh it's like i'm freaking <laughs> hightailing out of the house the first yeah. sign of something like that <laughs> and they're kind of sticking around and it's because you, you everything's kind of set on a level yeah. And so you have a scare meter, uh, which is one thing that makes the game unique. There's a scare meter, and, and you're basically jumping in and out of objects that you're possessing because the family can't see you at all at any point in this game. And, and so uh, that, that's part of what makes it really unique. So they don't even know who you are, what you're about. So it's kind of funny. It's like you're possessing everything. But they don't know why everything's possessed, (laughs) and and they don't even—they don't ever figure it out in the game either. I think that's one unresolved little plot thread. Not that the game had the best plot anyway. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so you jump into different objects to try and uh, just totally mess with the family. And each member of the family will uh, will be in a a room uh, of the house uh, at at any given time, and uh, they'll, they'll kind of mosey around the room and you've got these different uh, traps that you can set. And so, uh, you know, you jump in a trap and then they'll walk over to it and it'll have a reaction. And so you set a, a trap on a, on a couch, then uh, there's like a couch cover that'll turn into a tongue and uh, it'll try to lick them. <laughs> And uh, the the reactions the reactions are great. It, you know, uh, it's one thing for us to talk about it, but you you really have to check the game out to see all of the the crazy animations in this game. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, and and they kind of show off by color, I think, like the, the frydoms and the and the traps. Yeah, and, the frydoms.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, so they're they're they're, they're actually color coded. Yeah. So you have like the, I think the typical blue ones, which are like the frydoms along the the wall. <laughs> That you can jump in and out of, and they're they're kind of used to direct them uh, away from where you don't want them to go, and so they'll kind of r- walk the other way. And then there's like a, an automatic trap, I think that's kind of uh, yellow, and so you'll jump in that one, and I think that one's I don't know if it's always in the middle of the room, but you'll set that one off, and uh, it's kind of like
0: in the floor, like if it opens up, it's like up a until floor like, trap. I think one in particular like made the floor turn into lava. Something like that.
1: Yeah, or like it's almost like the jaws of hell open up. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> All sorts of crazy stuff. And, and then, like, my favorite one is, I forgot what color it is, but uh, it's the trap where you get to control.
0: Yeah, the controllable.
1: <laughs> the controllable trap where you can kind of move around the room. And the craziest iteration of that one, one of them is uh, you can t- take over a chainsaw. <laughs> and so out, yeah,
0: it's out in the garage, yeah.
1: One of my favorites is out in the garage, you can take over a chainsaw. And uh, you just hear it whirring, and, and you know you can move it around, and then you hit the button to make it spin, which is r- really cool, to be honest. And uh, the way the game works is, you're not just scaring them to scare them. As you scare them, the ultimate goal is to get them the heck out of the house. But uh, as you use these traps and things, you're actually losing a green meter that contains your ectoplasm yes, yes. and as you scare the family members <laughs> each time you scare them one scare counts as one drop of ectoplasm that you can get back and so you definitely want to find these controllable traps because uh you can scare one of the uh, sardinis over and over and over again until your meter your scare meter thing runs out and so you could get like five six drops in in one room uh, which is the part of the key to survival.
0: Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. And one of the mistakes I made when I first started playing it is I, I just went around the room jumping into everything I possibly saw. And, then, you know, as you're doing that, it's eating up your ecto level. And if they they only get scared by two or three things and they run off to the next room, they only drop those two or three ecto things. And then you've wasted so much time and everything else that you're constantly going back into the dungeon which we'll talk about later but yeah there's definitely a strategy involved there I I tried to find the, the controllable right away um, I know one in particular I really liked. I think it was like a Cupid statue and you could actually shoot the bow and arrows at at, a, at, <laughs> yeah. at the family, which is really cool.
1: There's um, one really creepy one where you could become a, a, a disembodied clown head. Oh, I didn't that see a, that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, if you get to like the, it's like the third level uh, and then there's like a drill on top of its head and it's one of the creepiest things <laughs> in the game. Most oh, of the game isn't awesome. very creepy. It's mostly <laughs> over the top and very campy. Uh, and tongue-in-cheek, but that one is just like, oh wow, this is crazy. Yeah, well, <laughs> homicidal cool. clown. Hope, hope uh, no one's afraid of clowns. Jeez.
0: <laughs> um, and, and like, like the next part of the game, which I, I really thought when, when you run out of your ectometer. It kind of, kind of, you kind of fade away, and you, and you end up in a dungeon, which kind of reminds me of like the, of the Immortal game, but um, for some odd yeah. reason, I don't know. Another
1: three-quarter perspective <laughs> exactly. game published by EA. Hmm. Enough,
0: f- enough, funny. But as you're going through that dungeon, you, you kind of follow more of the ecto drops to kind get back into. once your meter fills up, you can get back in. But uh, something cool that happens, and I didn't know what these were right off the bat till I got them letters drop off and they're actually spells you get so yeah. i think there's d s b e and z which d's dog off s is super scare, b is voodoo e is ecto extra and z is zombies or something like that but they all have uh special things like you know like your dog off um, i think it's when you get to the second house maybe second second house yeah through the fourth house yeah. yeah so there's a dog that can actually see you and, and yeah.
1: that dog actually plays a pretty big part yeah, in the yeah. game. <laughs> if, if, if you manage to beat the game, which I have not, but I did I cheat know. and I looked at YouTube just Maybe. to see what happens. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those power-ups actually come in more handy than I initially thought. I think you can only use, what, one of them per level? Yeah, I think so. Can you use all of them per level, though? Or just...
0: I can't remember. I was I was trying my best to kind of save him a little bit, and every time my kid would grab the controller, he would just start hitting every one of them. Yeah. So like the <laughs> the
1: most important one, in my opinion, is probably uh, the Ecto Extra. Yes. Which refills your meter. You have to arm the trap, which, in my opinion, takes a little bit too long um, to pull up the trap menu. But as long as you, I think the way you should do it is set a trap for the person in the room, and while they're busy bring up that menu so you can pick one of those traps while they're while they're busy and so uh you pick the x ecto extra and it actually re- refills your ectoplasm meter uh which comes in handy because as soon as you lose that ectoplasm it sends you straight to the dungeon and then you've got to do this uh this mini game again where you collect all the ectoplasm to get back into the house, and. Uh, the way you lose at this game and go back to the high score menu is if you, if you die in the dungeon, you're, you're toast. If you die in the house, it just sends you to the dungeon. Yeah. So that's the thing. You don't really have a, there's not really a lives system, but if you die in the dungeon, that that's it.
0: And your, your health bar is like a uh, picture of yourself that kind of fades away too.
1: Yeah. 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 I was kind of, I thought it, maybe he was in a TV or something. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like that, but, no. uh, I'm almost almost surprised you didn't get some sort of like
0: skateboard power up or something. Well, and, and it's funny you say that because one of my notes I wrote here, I, I felt like like his kind of hover movement. I felt like I was rollerblading the whole time. I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> he kind of
1: glides. And and I will say this: if you're playing this game, if you have an arcade stick, use the arcade stick because the game is much more fun to control and much easier to control uh, with an eight way. Uh, stick as opposed as opposed to a D-pad, because you're just like playing any other three-quarter perspective game. Your thumb is actually going to get a little bit tired moving around like that. Yeah. So I mean, if you've ever played something like Marble Madness or something, <laughs> I almost wish they would have made a trackball uh, adapter just for this game. But if you, if you've got a Sega or arcade stick, that works perfectly for this game.
0: And um, it's funny you mentioned using the uh, uh, the extra ecto. Yeah. If, if you turn to the back of the manual, there's a few um, uh, hints and tips for this game, and that was one of them. Yeah, make sure you use the extra big ecto drop. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> three, I, was, I thought that was kind of neat. They actually have hints and tips for the game. I missed that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That,
1: that's really cool because uh, – This game is pretty tough without some of those hints. And it's nice uh, having some of these power-ups because, uh, you know what? I couldn't really figure out what was really great about the voodoo, uh, which I think are, like, they're supposed to be fireballs. Uh, Okay, it says they cause not only fright. Oh, they cause only fright, not damage. Uh, So I guess it's just, like, an an extra fright dealy. Yeah. But I uh, something that comes in handy is like the dog off which will uh leave a, a bowl of dog food yeah <laughs> that'll distract the dog because the dog can actually see you uh the humans can't so that's a pretty neat concept so just like in movies the the, the pets are the ones that they usually have supernatural senses <laughs> and so the dog can see you it is trying to uh, alert the owner calm them down basically uh and what was it? Oh, the super scare is is probably the most convoluted thing in, in the game. I've gotten it to work, but looking at the manual kind of helped because it's pretty much a present that you set in the room. And if someone walks up to it, you can arm it. And then to actually trigger it, you have to pause the game, <laughs> press A, B, C, and then the trap will be armed. That's the most unintuitive thing thing I've ever heard. Yeah,
0: and, and this just goes back to retro games making you read the manual to actually, because I would have <laughs> never ever got that. Just Most of the game. game
1: can be played without reading the manual, but I would have never known never. that. Because <laughs> I
0: kept laying the the gift down. I'm like, what do I just jump in this? And you kind of set it off like a like anything else in the game. And I went to the book. I was like, oh, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> and I, you know what? I haven't, I, I don't know if you got far enough to pick up the, the zombie eyes power up but no i hadn't i i have not used that power up and it it seems pretty cool because you can actually possess the sardinis (laughs) and move them around so it's pretty cool that is cool so it it says that you can uh actually take a zombie eye sardini and uh scare one of the other sardinis with it
0: oh that's cool yeah i I Barely made it out of the second house. I think I was in the third house for like maybe a minute. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, the, game, the difficulty ramps up because not only are you dealing with the Sardinis and their AI, uh, pretty soon you're dealing with not only the dog, but also these demons where your only defense is to actually uh, do kind of like a Chuck a drop, Norris a dr- a drop kick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kick. I think those are
0: called beasts which yeah, I, I kind of had a good time uh, doing the Chuck Norris kick. I mean... Uh, you know, the old uh, polter guy here kind of flies across the screen like chuck norris uh, it's pretty sweet so it's like the, uh, the episode of walker texas ranger where he uh, does a drop kick through the uh, windshield you know kind of <laughs> chuck Norris. Classic. Uh, yeah man but yeah you're you're right because uh i don't think he, were, were were there any enemies at all in the first house i don't think there were no not, okay. not okay. at all until you
1: get dropped down into the dungeon okay
0: yeah, yeah in, in th-
1: between th- level one and two like The game won't make you go into the dungeon until you beat level one. Okay. And then it's like, oh, well, they're moving into a new house. Now we're going to go collect some ectoplasm um, while they get set up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I I love what the instruction manual says about the dog. It kind of explains everything about it. At the very end, it says it's almost as if it's almost as if he's more than just an ordinary mud. Dot 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 dot. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's definitely more than just an ordinary mud. If if you happen to beat level four, the game throws in a boss, and uh, I guess that's the big twist that you weren't expecting there to, there to be a boss at the end. Of this yeah. Game. Yeah. And suddenly you're having to use your action moves that you didn't really have to use before <laughs> to defeat this boss. So, uh, spoiler, the dog turns into like a oh, gosh, pus-filled, yeah. <laughs> uh, worm-like creature thing with a head. And uh, you, and uh, then you've got like these brains with spider legs uh, <laughs> that you've got to defeat. And uh, yeah, what, I think at the end poltergeist like man i thought i was doing the hosing and i got hosed uh,
0: <laughs> i know i think i sent that to rob when i saw that <laughs>
1: totally yeah because like at the beginning of the game the uh it goes into those little those little bios which are just fantastic uh <laughs> where Vito's like slimy uh i forgot what he does like you know he's a businessman totally hosed you <laughs> <laughs> Saying he totally hosed the main character. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, like, I think um, Mimi was uh, – or no, Flo. Flo's the, the mother. Whining, spending money, collecting furs. <laughs> so the game's trying to get you on the side of uh, a poltergeist here, you know, with, with this terrible family. And, like, the kids – like, the kids are – they're really – they don't explain, like, why they're really that bad, except that they just say that Tony Sardini – his favorite film is uh, his favorite films are the Texas Jigsaw Massacres, <laughs> one through nine, which uh, it's just funny. And then uh, Mimi Sardini, uh, her personal hero is the inventor of DDT, which I I'm thinking Jake the Snake uh, Roberts, right? Yeah, I was like Jake the Snake <laughs> Roberts, oh, but no, maybe they're talking about bug spray. <laughs> that's the only thing i could think of like the, the roach killer so,
0: the texas jigsaw massacre the only thing i can get in my head about that is like some serial killer who uh cuts people up in tiny little pieces and make puzzles out of them i don't i don't know where else to go with that yeah i know i was just like i uh, okay. <laughs> could be pretty i could be pretty demented you know if you think <laughs> about it <laughs> the
1: game is already seriously demented i mean some of the you, we've only scratched the surface on no, the yeah, stuff yeah. you'll see in the game. It's one of those things where it's like a roller coaster ride uh, where you really have to experience it to, to get all the the chills yeah. and thrills. Yeah. Uh, and, and the really neat thing is it, it, it can get a little repetitive, but it, it, they do kind of introduce things as you get to the next levels, uh, provided you can actually make it there. <laughs> Each layout is pretty different, and all the traps are unique. And so, you know, we're kind of used to games around this time reusing a lot of the same uh, things in level design. But as you go from level to level, it's amazing just how many different animations are in this game and different things that you'll see as you play it.
0: Yeah, and I kind of wrote that down as kind of the the shining point of this game. As far as the game goes, it does feel a bit repetitive, but... Every little nook and cranny you see, or every animation uh, the family are showing—it's it, all different, and it kind of—it's a lot of humor in it. I, one of my favorite ones is when you uh, jump into the TV on uh, the first house. And you see these two guys kind of like, it looks like a Kung Fu fighting movie, and you jump yeah. out. And the guy walks, you know, I, I had Vito walk up to it, and they're like punching out of the screen and junk like that. And, and then every one of the family members have their own little animations as well. I think uh, when you scare Vito at times, he jumps off his clothes. And then uh, with uh, Mimi, she's constantly peeing herself. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, the characters hilarious. will pee themselves.
1: <laughs> the pants will drop. Yeah, yeah, There's a lot of uh, skittering and shaking and uh, just... Or like the, the the head spinning, the head exploding, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of screams and it, it's pretty entertaining when you get them really amped up and yeah, yeah. get them completely scared and running out of the room. What gets tricky is where the strategy comes in is you, you'll have to learn the timing of the game. There's a certain rhythm to it to where they'll walk up to an object. You don't want to arm everything in their room. But you kind of want to guide them along the way to where you want them to go, which is ultimately out of the house. And so it kind of helps to know. And it's weird. The houses have like four exits, it seems like.
0: (laughs) And and doesn't that little motion he does, like when he spins like a tornado, doesn't that kind of suck them into certain areas? Or was I just dreaming that? Yeah, no. uh, (laughs) I
1: got the indication that when you use the controllable trap, uh, it actually – you can – guide them to a certain spot. Yeah. Okay, so if you okay. scare them enough, they will actually run out of the room where you want them to go. It can be a little bit hit or miss. Uh, one thing I also noticed was that wherever you scare them in the room, that's where the level will drop the ectoplasm that yes. you have to pick up. And so you just have to remember like where exactly, where exactly you set a scare, because some of the rooms are pretty large. Um, so you'll kind of have to scroll over and see, okay, I and because uh, it's got that three-quarter perspective, sometimes your view is a little bit obscured. So you just have to remember where you set everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I had that problem a few times because I, I, when I first played it, like I said, I kind of jumped into it not knowing anything. And as soon as they would leave the room, I would just follow them. And I didn't realize they were even dropping stuff. So. Oh, I yeah. know. And then
1: you go back in the room and it's gone. Yeah.
0: And sometimes you may, after you scare them, you may kind of want to back off for a second because they may just go ahead and run out. And in the meantime, you may have already jumped into something else. They're not going to mess with anyways. So I kept doing that. I kept every time i scare them if they were near a door. I'm like, well, let's hold back just a little bit, see if they'd run out. Is is there a point that I, I couldn't really make any sense out of it? Is there a point when they run out of the room? Is it when they reach the next level or?
1: Uh, so just, you mean run out of the house or run out of the room?
0: The room. I know when they I know when they get the very the next level after very high they run out of the house. But is there any kind of. Math to when they actually run out of the room to the next room.
1: Yeah. So it's basically (laughs) there is something uh, there, there is an actual stat in this game called like the family fear factor. Yeah. (laughs) FFF. Yeah. uh, So that just has to do with how many bonus points you get. Uh, But to answer your question, you've got different states of fear, you've got calm. You've got, uh, you know, medium, high level fear and then very scared. And once they reach very scared, I think it's like the next trap you set or anything you do, that sends them running out of the room. Now, depending on how you set it determines where they run out of the room. And the strategy comes into play in that you want to kind of guide them towards an area of the house where you know there's an exit. And so if you can get them to go the way you want them, then um, I, I think they're going to leave the house faster. Like, if you're in a room that already has an exit and you get them beyond very scared, then you're set. As long as you can... I, I think you have to get them... I don't know if you have to get them to the, towards the door, though. It might be that you just have to get them beyond very scared, and then they, they bolt straight for the door.
0: It seems like that happened. Um... And something I just remembered that was really awesome about this game: um, when they do run out of the room, sometimes they're not in the room right next to you. So when you hit start, it actually shows uh, a letter for each one of the names and what room they're in the house, like a little mini map, which I thought was really cool because you didn't have to go search through every room to figure out where, where, where in the world they were. Yeah, I, it would know, have been
1: nice to have a. I think it would have been nice to have a mini map right on the screen. Yeah, but. that's
0: true. That's true. But that's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, you know, old, old school games. <laughs> I'd like to know when the first mini map was invented. It seemed like a lot of these uh, older games. I, I I keep thinking I wish I had a mini map. Wish I had a mini map. I think the first one I ever noticed was on Diablo, maybe. But.
1: You know what? I think uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, I maybe Diablo. <laughs> there had to have been a game before that that That's did it. Mini- no, you know what? Actually, uh, I've got you beat. Uh, Metal Gear Two on the MSX. Oh, wow has a radar and a map screen on the okay, top right hand okay. corner of the screen and that came out in like nineteen
0: eighty eight. There you go. <laughs>
1: the more you know Ask Karen. That's right.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. But uh yeah, I mean like like I said, my my favorite part of the game was just seeing how they were gonna react, what the One of my favorite ones is kind of gruesome when you jump into, like, a dartboard. This big eyeball comes out and it's just bleeding out of it. I mean, there's some real gruesome stuff here. Yeah,
1: there's (laughs) lots of uh, blood and, and guts and everything. The characters don't actually die or get maimed or anything. They do get shot at, and there's all sorts of creepy crawlies and, you know, like a cat jumping out of a freezer remember that <laughs> or you know like a, a sink filling up with blood um, or like a washing machine being demonically possessed or like you opening up uh, a car and the back of it has like sardini's wife uh, with tape over her mouth or you open it uh, open another car and it's like random body parts so it kind of escalates yeah, it could be pretty crazy, but I mean, if you're a fan of like that that type of stuff, or uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, the special effects guy I'm thinking of, but there was a guy who did all special effects for all sorts of like '80s movies um, and stuff like that, where it was like practical effects, and that's what it reminds me of. Before everything was CG, I'd almost call them practical effects. Very, you know, very cartoony. Uh, over the top, silly, that sort of thing. And I I also kind of think of like the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie where if you remember the main character, uh, she's dreaming and she picks up a phone and it's Freddy and the phone turns into a <laughs> mouth that <laughs> licks her face and she Aww. freaks out. And that freaked me out too, man. <laughs> I would not want to pick up a phone that had a tongue sticking out of it. <laughs>
0: I just realized something really weird when you're in the dungeon you can't pause the game.
1: Yeah, that kind of <laughs> frustrated me a little bit. I'm just like, 'Cause I I think you were trying to uh call me on Skype and I was I was still playing the game. It's like <laughs> I just wanna pause the game and uh yeah, you can't pause it in the dungeon. Did you notice there was a two player mode? Did you yeah. realize that?
0: We, we we messed around with it a little bit at my house. It wasn't too bad.
1: Yeah, it's it's alright. I mean it would be cool if you could kind of do split screen like spy versus spy style. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I guess that's the, the closest thing I can even think about, <laughs> to this game <laughs> where you arm traps and things, but um, yeah. In in this game, two player mode consists of alternate play until you get into the dungeon, and then it's like whoever can collect the ectoplasm the fastest, um, and get to the exit gets to play first, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's we- kind
1: of a neat addition.
0: It was, it was pretty neat. We, we try to do two player at my house. Gets a little crazy with kids, but uh, I try to experience that side of these games when we play. But uh, w- one thing I thought was funny uh, I loved whenever you got everyone out of the house and Poltergeist kind of like celebrating. He takes his head off and spikes it like a football. It immediately made me think, you know, he should have been like a, uh, a special guest on Mutant League football or something, you know? Yeah, I, it, it, I totally
1: think so. Perfect I, fit. <laughs> no, he was a perfect fit. And he's got that otherworldly quality but he's still, still grounded in uh, he's still a teenager and like I, I think the other thing that's cool is when you escape the dungeon uh, the, the oh, little yeah. riff that plays
0: dun 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 dun
1: it's <laughs> like why can't that song that whole like oh, that don't. song be like a whole song that plays because we haven't really touched on the music too much but for me the music is it's moody it's kind of there but it doesn't really except for like the the cool little bit of rock uh like that part that's cool but like the dungeon music is just kind of plotting and kind of i want to get out of the dungeon cuz this music's kind of irritating
0: I, I i wrote down it's like creepy elevator music that's what i heard. yeah
1: <laughs> most of the time it is creepy elevator music and it's not like out and out bad like some EA games are their, their music was where it's just like badly composed and bad yeah. sounding and just the sound drivers frustrating and dying cat according to you <laughs> uh, but in this game it's just kind of there but most of the sound effects are, are pretty good uh, you know the uh, the digitized speech the, the screams and everything uh, works pretty well
0: yeah, I, I really like the uh, chattering teeth sound whenever you would scare someone. <laughs> yes, I thought that was really awesome. good, really good. And I, I figured out why there weren't any cat noises in this game because the cat was in the fridge, right? Yeah. The connection. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i did like and we already mentioned it i, I love the fart sounds it made when you pick up the ecto i mean it was <laughs> like there's different pitches too denying for... it yeah it's, it's a fart noise and <laughs> and I, I was trying to figure that out like is it a different pitch for how big the ectoplasm was or is just kind of random when you pick it? i don't know i couldn't figure that out but i thought that was pretty neat so my, my my kids loved it it was like sitting on a whoopee cushion every time you pick one up <laughs> pretty much And did, did you uh happen to record any of your high scores I did not. I, did. I, I didn't
1: either. I, I think maybe I got to about 33,000, but I can't remember much beyond that because it's like... It's it's one of those games where you will pick it up, you will play it for a while, and then you'll want to take a break from it because it's yeah. it's a bit overwhelming. It's, uh... Yeah, I'll say it can be a bit overwhelming just because you're doing a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, but... If you get used to the strategy of the game, it it can actually be pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I definitely, when I popped it in and played it, and I, you know, when I died or whatever you want to call it, I never played it again. I'd always be done for the night. Like, I'm not putting that back in there. I don't want to do all that again. So, like every other day, I'd pop it in try it again, but it's not one of those games I kept wanting to try 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 I just kind of left it alone like yeah I'm done and I come back to it later but I definitely agree that's that's one of the cons I wrote down it just wasn't it wasn't real engaging to where I wanted to keep playing it all evening just like, yeah I'm done let's move on it's
1: one of those games where it's to me it's more fun to play it with another person yeah. or to have someone react to the, the, the stuff that hasn't seen it for the first time because ultimately the the best play experience you'll have with this game is the very first time you experience <laughs> everything yeah. because when you set a trap you can you can go back in a room and set that trap again and you'll see the same thing uh, it's not like they're randomized or anything but there's so many traps that every time you play the game it, it will be a slightly different experience it's just when the core gameplay mechanic, uh, of the game isn't the best, I would say. Uh, the hook of a game shouldn't be the flash and the, <laughs> the graphics of the game. The hook of the game should be addictive gameplay. And there there is a certain addictive quality to wanting to see all the traps. But there's just... N- I, I guess this kind of reveals my rating for the game where I would call it just good instead of a gem. Uh, and, and and that's because it just... It doesn't have the addictive quality that sets it over the edge to where it's like, yeah, it's really cool seeing all these different things happen. It's like almost like if you ever played Panic on Sega CD, you kind of want to see everything happen and all this crazy stuff, but the game starts to lose its appeal after the fifth time seeing the same effect
0: yeah I, and and it's kind of like playing like these telltale games that came out recently like i love those games but i don't want to go back and play them cuz there's really like you mentioned there's no Real gameplay—it's just seeing all the stuff. It's like watching a story unfold, and it's a little bit less on the side of, of the haunting of haunting here because there's really no story. It's just kind of the flash of the of the scares and what's going to happen next, kind of thing. But uh, no, I, I I definitely see where you're coming from on that.
1: Yeah, and maybe if they would have made it, um, here, here's what I think too. Here's where I think they could have improved the game. You've got four family members. I can't really tell that they. Uh, They don't have their own personalities, AI wise. Like, not that I can tell. It feels like they're all set up exactly the same. Uh, You know, of course, they start off in different rooms that that would kind of be associated with their character, and they can move to other rooms and things. But it, it doesn't feel like they're different enough to where it's like, oh, okay, well, I have to use this strategy to scare this person a different way. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, they're going to react differently to your traps. It's just not how the game's set up. And I, I also think that the dungeons in the game, uh, while they're a nice little break and the gameplay's a little bit different, I think the jumping's a little floaty. Um, I, I think uh, those sections are probably the most repetitive out of everything because the dungeons really don't change at all. Um, and, and so that can kind of get boring quick. Until you get back into the meat of the game, and so, unique wise, you know, the, with the unique quality of this game, yeah, I mean, that's what's re- this game really has going for it. But uh, it almost feels like if they could have put they put the game together just a little bit differently, you, we we could have had a gem on our hand.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I'd agree with that. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll dig into that a little bit later won't we uh i guess so i kind of jumped right into <laughs> no, you're it fine. you're fine how um, long have i
1: been on this show Are you ready no, to kick no, me no. off yet
0: oh gosh no i've i've screwed more way more up than that like, <laughs> as, like asking aaron towards the end of the show oh by time. the way yeah yeah oh, by the way we're gonna ask aaron much questions no but um no i i i definitely agree with that i i like I said, I played it, I loved it, but I could only do it in little bits. Once I got to the point where it was over, I'm done for tonight. Let's go play something else.
1: I think if you played in emulation and did a save state, I think that yeah, would help. Yeah. That would probably yeah. help because there's no way to save your progress in this game, and it's not a very long game. You can get through it and probably, if you're good, probably an hour, hour and a half.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think they could have probably focused more on a better gameplay mechanic, like you said, whether it's being in the dungeon is more of like a fighting shooting type of minigame or things like that it just the, the the action part of it just kind of seemed eh, you know i'm jumping like you said it was floaty um i did like the animation of him doing that front flip thought that was kind of cool but it just didn't it, it almost felt more annoying than anything because it's like oh i gotta go back down here again let's collect all this and so collect I all this down. goop it's just yeah. an
1: excuse for you to do something else
0: yep 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 like so I, I definitely applaud the originality but To me, that was kind of a. eh, Rather not do that, but.
1: Yeah. And you were talking about having a Vita and speaking of like a (laughs) PlayStation, uh, portable PSP. Uh, This game was actually released on that system.
0: Yes, I saw that. It was on a.
1: 2006. About 13 years after the game came out, it was on an EA Replay uh, collection.
0: Yeah. Which the PSP had a lot of those. I had a couple Capcom Classic collections with some pretty sweet games on it, so that, that that was pretty neat that PSP had that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, that, that is pretty cool, because this game is, I would say it's a pretty obscure title. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people played it back when it came out.
0: Yeah. It, to me, a lot of the EA games were, quote-unquote, obscure to me, except for, like, the sport games and some of the, like, Road Rash-type games. So that, that's why I say, like, now when I'm at a game store and I see an EA title, like, Blades of Vengeance, which I know people love that game, but I, I, I see that and I'm like, hmm, that looks interesting because I never played it. So uh, I, I was kind of the same way with this. I'm, I'm I'm very intrigued by all the EA games out there.
1: Yeah, and it, it is hit hit or miss. You you really never know what you're gonna get. I I'm surprised because I think we've covered like what six EA games on the show. <laughs> I think so. Now. I think so. So some people are like, enough EA games because our last <laughs> game was an EA game and this is an EA game. But yep. there, there are some really good ones, and they were. If they didn't put out as many games as Sega did, they were pretty much number two as yeah. far as the sheer number of titles they would put out per year. Just insane.
0: The Genesis Lens Victory Floating Achievements. I think uh, Aaron and I kind of slack on the achievements this week. Yeah,
1: I, I think so. And <laughs> and part of the problem too, which we talked about before before the show, is just that this game is, is one of those things where it's like you could make a joke about what you see in the game, but there's just so much of everything that it's hard for one thing to stand out, you know, to make yeah, a, a joke yeah. about it or, or to make a funny achievement because it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like if someone had to come up with an achievement list for this game if they were re-releasing it, I, I think it would be kind of hard.
0: <laughs> I do. I I agree. I agree. That's why like I'm looking at mine. I'm like those are kind of lame. But uh, well. mine is probably the
1: lamest. <laughs> but I, I came up with one. But we'll get to that.
0: Oh yeah. I, I, I'm. I don't have much else to say about the game. If you want to jump to the next. Sure. So right. okay.
1: So this achievement actually goes back to when I was in art class I, I think in like eighth grade and there was some painting on the wall and all it was was like a bunch of like rectangles and uh like a few of them had colors like a, a red you know a red colored rectangle and a yellow rectangle and like a black rectangle and I'm like is this supposed to be art <laughs> what is this and it, and it turned out it was a uh, artist known uh, as Piet Mondrian and that was his, his interpretation of uh, the busy streets of New York City or something like that and so he did a few pieces like that and it turns out as you're playing, so I call this the, the Piet Mondrian Art Appreciation Award uh, so if you get to level 3 and I think 4 and find the, uh, the, the paintings you can find on the walls of the house Ah, uh, you can actually find they look like he made them. Uh, so then they put them right in the game, and they're simple enough that they can works great in a in a Sega game. So hats off if you caught that reference. <laughs> and and you can tell I'm like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, what does this have to do with a horror game? Uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, but this is kind of like a horror comedy game, anyway. <laughs>
0: It's uh, definitely, mine are very immature, so <laughs> it definitely uh, scales the class up on this achievement section. Uh, <laughs> did you, is that the only one you had?
1: That's the only one I had, oh. it, it, and I just wanted to note, too, that uh, if, if you like this style of uh, game or just like the humor in it, I would go back and watch like uh, something like Evil Dead 2. Yes. Where it's just very manic and uh, everything is is trying to kill uh, Ash and uh, everything is coming to life, and it's just one of the craziest movies you can ever see. It's great.
0: Love that movie. <laughs> so, uh, my first one this is real stupid. This is called Mimi Go Pee Pee, and that's making Mimi pee uh, on the floor. <laughs> 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 My second one, which I didn't get this one, this is uh, kind of a spoiler alert, which we already talked about. Uh, this is called Yo Kiro Taco Bell, and that's uh, defeating the dog at the end of the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know why I thought the Taco Bell commercial, but I saw that little dog and kind of reminded me of a little chihuahua. But there you go. And I thought
1: you wanted to stay away from
0: dogs. I really do. I've, i <laughs> I wrote that down before the dog thing happened, so... So, yeah. i saw a couple of dogs a day when i was outside playing with my kids and i literally was like <laughs> immediately <laughs> go on like defense mode but there your you go
1: ptsd <laughs> goes off <That's>
0: <laughs> it feels like it i've had two dreams since that one, <laughs> since that's happened of dogs attacking me but anyways and so
1: like when when a when you hear like a dog barking do you like <laughs> snap does your head ah! hurt, like really fast <laughs>
0: <laughs> My legs are <start> hurting. <laughs> oh, man. No, not, not yet. That's good. All right. All right, man. We'll we'll just jump right into this. Is this game a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage?
1: Well, I kind of. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of jumped this one uh yeah so i said it's just good <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh i i agree i think it's just good um pretty much for the same reasons like i said my my, my big pros of this game just it being unique um yeah I, I like all the little attention to detail with the way things are inter- interacting with the environment the different animations of each character all the different ways you can scare each character and what happens uh, in that time but i big cons the, the gameplay just wasn't it's not that it's not fun it's just not it doesn't pull me back in I don't want to keep playing it over and over it just it almost gets a little exhausting uh, the more you play it in a day so like I said I I played it I turned it off come back to it a day later um, so yeah I'm I'm going with just good and uh, as far as like critical reception M- Moby Rank actually had this game as a 72 out of 100 for a critic score and uh US uh, not US Gamer but um GamePro rated at 80 out of 100, which kind of shocked me. It's pretty pretty high. And uh, we didn't get a whole lot of listener feedback on this. Uh, It was actually a vote of two to one, two being gems, one being just good. And um, I'm going to read the Facebook comments for that. Uh, Benjamin Murphy says, a gem. Simple as that. Uh, Paul Stevenson said, if it wasn't so repetitive and such a pain to scare the people to the correct directions to get out of the house, I would put it as a gem. Very unique and fun humor, but it wouldn't crack my top 15 to 20 games. So a solid good and worth a try. And then uh, Joe Copel says, it's fun but repetitive. Setting traps and scaring people can be fun but also frustrating. It's not one you hear much about, but definitely should be in your library. Jim, for sure. So, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, people kind of had the same take on as we did. I,
1: I think so, yeah. No, and you guys are absolutely right. It's It's one of those games where... Uh, it, it's a huge novelty. You'll check it out. It's not like anything else you've ever played on the system. And uh, then you might put it back on the shelf and not come back to it for a while. But I, I think you'll come back to it eventually and kind of learn to appreciate it.
0: I feel that way about, like, Simon's Quest. <laughs> like yeah, Simon's
1: Quest, when I was a kid, is like, am I just not playing this game the right way? And then it turns out that the game is actively trying to screw you.
0: Exactly and like every time everyone's like you gotta give simon's quest another chance and i go back and play it and i'm like i i get it but i don't i don't want to play it <laughs> yeah it's like
1: uh, once i played it there was like some power guide or you know some like a walkthrough oh, yeah. in a book that i like video game secrets and well, that- uh once i played it with that guide, i was like oh okay so i'm supposed to do the opposite of everything <laughs> the game tells me to do that's fantastic because i just came back from playing castlevania one which is really pretty much you know it, walk across the screen and kill everything on the screen, and then go to the next area. And now it's like, oh, well, you got to go to this area and collect this thing, and yeah. you have no idea what you're doing.
0: That's like when you had to use the uh, the present power up on, on haunting, you know, and you didn't know what to do. I, f- I felt that way of when I played Simon's Quest. It's like, go to this ledge and hit down seven times, and wait for the sun to come up, and whip this. It's like, no, <laughs> that's just that's just mean. That's just mean.
1: Why?
0: But... <laughs> But I, I then like like I said, this this game as well as, as Simon's Quest, I respect what they did. So, but we can get off. That's an Nintendo game. We don't need to worry about that. <laughs> well,
1: it was one of those things where it's like the uh, some of the whole isn't as great as its parts.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> so, uh, we can put the gavel down on this and say it's just good. Exactly. So yeah. Um, the next game we're gonna do we haven't announced yet. We're gonna do. A little vote. We, we we talked about it a little bit ago. Um, you'll probably know this before you hear the show, more than likely. But we're going to do a shoot 'em up game. We're kind of compiling a real small list of about maybe three games, and we're going to have uh, you listeners vote on that. And because this is a shoot 'em up game, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. So I don't forget. Um, I have a copy of Sonic Generations for the 3DS that I would love to give away to somebody. Now, this this is a pretty interesting game. It's uh, kind of a blend between. Uh, you know Sonic Generations kind of makes sense but it's a blend between like classic Sonic and kind of the new Sonic it's all side scrolling like I said it's a, it's a pretty good game I, I just I would really like to give it away to someone so we're going to do a big high score contest stay tuned for that uh, you know it being a shoot em up game it's all about the high score so definitely want you all to enjoy interacting with us in that and we'll hopefully get an, the next show out <laughs> before within the span of a month like this one I think we're actually over a month so apologies for that but hey we're here we're doing it but, uh, yeah, and hopefully we'll have Josh and Rob back next time. We'll see. We'll see what yeah. they're up to. We'll see what they're up to. Yeah, maybe they. You know, maybe they didn't survive Halloween. Maybe it was too scary <laughs> for them. I know this. This game would have been a perfect time for a skit, and I totally blew it. I should have wrote a skit, but I just I don't have the skit power like Rob has. But you guys, you know, retro obscure now, where you guys are getting into the skit business. Oh, I.
1: I- oh that to adam adam put that thing together and i was like oh, oh. and then i gave him like script ideas for the second act but i didn't i didn't
0: actually write anything i'm like the idea guy like what
1: <laughs> make this happen yeah
0: you're like the instigator on the playground like now if you jump off that and then smack that person <laughs> 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 oh man but yeah so we'll definitely uh that's gonna be fun i'm pretty excited i love shoot up games love them and can't wait to uh dig into the the, the ones we're kind of compiling right now are getting me real excited because
1: and i think they're ones that are actually affordable
0: yes is is
1: that the hint
0: <laughs> yes yes there's one in particular that uh <laughs> i probably have to uh wait till i get like a bonus or something at work before i can afford so, we're not going to talk about that one yet <laughs> No, that,
1: that'll be off in the future when we can uh, you know, buy a, an extra small car. Or, you know, when we have that much money lying around.
0: I have to sell one of my cars to buy that game. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, we are the Genesis Gems Podcast. You can find us on the web at genesisgemspodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash gyms. Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at JenGems. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Haven't got one in a couple weeks, so I would love to see that. And we are on Stitcher, and we are part of the Richer Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. See, I nailed it that time. I was out of, out of practice. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, like I said, we're going to be doing a shoot em up for the next episode. I don't have any music to drop because I'm not sure what that game is yet. But please stay tuned. Please keep interacting with us. We love, love, love the interaction. And uh, again, we'll, we'll we'll just keep plugging away. So, uh, Aaron, you have anything to add?
1: No, just keep listening to the show, guys. We appreciate all of your support, and we hope you tune in next time.
0: That's right. Go buy a t shirt, genesisgemspodcast.com. Catch you later.
1: <laughs> later, dudes. <laughs>